Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Good day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and you're listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. I'm glad you came along. I really appreciate the chance for us to be able to get together and uh, talk about heaven. And if you have been listening to my most recent podcast, you'll know that I have been reading right out of our second book in the seven-book series, uh, the Heaven is Home series. And this is titled, Heaven, the Adventure Begins. I have been reading through the various chapters uh, verbatim, adding no commentary. I want you to be able to read uh, along with me as I give you an audio presentation of the book that I had written. This I wrote about a year ago, I believe. And as we continue on in our studies, I want to give you as much scripture about heaven. And I took the most popular questions, if you want to put it that way, and then put them into book form with the answers. And that's what you have here with these different books in our series. I'm going to go to uh, chapter 6, and then, uh, really, it is actually question number 6, and then chapter number 7, question number 7. And we'll take a look at those and uh, see if we can get some detailed in-Scripture answers as I read this to you. Let's start right off. This is chapter number six, which is known as question number six of the questions that have come on my daily, uh, my weekday uh, different uh, live classes. Question six. I keep reading about mysteries in heaven. What are they? Oh, the unexplainable mysteries that have moved through my life. For instance, the shy, withdrawn middle school student of mine who suddenly blossomed into an award-winning baseball player, stunning the entire hometown. Or the decrepit, profanity-filled town lowlife who came to Christ and became one of the most beloved Christians in the community. Or the winter storm highway accident that took an unexplained turn in the midst of the impact that prevented a tractor-trailer from pushing our car, packed with our entire family, from being pushed over a cliff. Inexplicable. Baffling. And those are earthly mysteries. Now sit back and think of the magnificent wonders of heaven. The God of all creation, with limitless power and divine glory, is creating things beyond our greatest imagination. For instance, I have an extremely hard time wrapping my mind around the blessed promise found in Luke chapter 12, telling the faithful Christian that the Lord himself will serve us. John even expresses amazement in the love of God. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. See how great a love the Father has given us that we would be called children of God, and in fact we are. In addition to that, can any person fully explain the very next verse which says that we will have bodies like Christ? Paul himself even admits this in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 51. Behold, I'm telling you a mystery as he then explains that the difference between the Christian's current body and their heavenly resurrection body is explained by comparing a seed to a full-grown plant. Now stop and consider that truth for a minute. Your current condition is about as close to your final heavenly existence as a seed on the end of your index finger is similar to a full-grown 
275-foot-tall giant sequoia tree. Despite the many wonders of heaven that are hinted and teased, some people would rather complain than rejoice. Well, why can't God just plainly tell us more detail? Or, why can't Jesus stop speaking in parables and give clear explanations? In answer to that, I want to remind the words of Yahweh here. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. However, God is not taunting us. In fact, we know he's not, because we know all he does is good. Remember what Paul says, Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which have not entered into the human heart, meaning our imagination, all that God has prepared for those who love him. That's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. The following are some of the wonders that are promised to the believer and the questions they cause us to ponder. For example, what kind of heavenly foods will be served at the feasts of Matthew 8 and Revelation 19? Or, how many singing angels are praising Jesus in Revelation 5? Or, what language will we be speaking when we talk to God the Father face to face, like they did in Revelation chapter 6? How tall is God's throne in heaven, the one described in Ezekiel chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 6, and Revelation chapter 4? No, I, I can't tell you how fast you will run in heaven or if you can hold your breath underwater for three hours or three days. I can't tell you if your hair will get thicker, whether you will lose weight or gain weight, or if you'll be able to spend a thousand years talking to Jesus one-on-one. -on -one. There are no clear passages that give us insight on those things or for numerous other aspects of glory in the household of Yahweh. However, I can rest in this. No matter what it will be like, God has made solid promises that in his presence we will overflow with pure joy. That's found in Psalm 16, verse 11. And that upon seeing him, we will be completely satisfied with everything around us. Psalm 17 and verse 15 tells us that. Just as I don't get overly anxious about the wrapped Christmas presents under the tree that have my name tag on them, I rest in the joy that what God has prepared for us will be more than good. It'll be the greatest gift anyone could ever receive. He's a loving God. Now we go to question seven. This would be chapter seven. Will we play sports in heaven? I went out to the back edge of our country property and decided I'd do a little sorting and repacking of some of the things we stuffed in the barn. In our haste to get everything else into the house before the first winter freeze hit our newly purchased home, we just crammed everything in there. I found our sports equipment in an old trunk. It included rollerblades, basketballs, badminton set, you know, lots of family-type gear for the backyard and the driveway. Looking at this equipment brought up a question that Christians ask whenever I'm invited to speak at a church or conference. It is, will we play sports in heaven? This is not exactly a question that keeps me up at night, nor do I feel it challenges anybody's deeply held doctrines about heaven. However, I find it very views on the answers to this uh, to be curious. I've heard a pastor exclaim, absolutely not, it is impossible to have sports in heaven because in every sport there must be a winner and a loser. This means somebody must lose, and that would call, cause deep sadness. I remember the deep mourning I went through when my NFL team lost the Super Bowl some years ago, 
and this brought an uncomfortable recollection. I'm a bit passionate, but I digress. Another pastor claims sports to be impossible due to having perfect bodies. He said, for example, if you played baseball, every time you'd go to bat, you'd hit a home run because everything we do, we would do it perfectly in heaven. If we played heavenly golf, we'd always have a hole-in-one, and what fun would that be? Let's take a look at some of the celestial principles that might help clarify this a bit. First of all, sports were first and foremost created to be enjoyable. I played organized soccer in a league setting, and we were absolutely terrible. In fact, I was the definition of mediocre, and yet not only I, but all of my teammates had a great time playing, right through to our descent into the bottom of the standings. I can recall being on a church league basketball team that was not only winless through the entire season, but the average margin of loss was no less than 20 points. Oh, it wasn't the most pleasant of experiences, but we all kept coming off to the court, off court, suited up and ready to continue playing together. That fellowship was incredibly enjoyable, and we had a couple of star moments when we actually made a basket. Now, don't get me wrong, I've also enjoyed playing and coaching some championship teams, such as college fraternity volleyball. But the point I'm emphasizing is that there is a deep joy in the physical effort and art of sports. I remember the words of the Olympic runner Eric Liddell. Uh, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. I think it might be Eric Little, uh, L-I-D-D-E-L-L, to my listeners here. In the Academy Award-winning true-to-life movie Chariots of Fire, he said, God made me fast, Ginny. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. He was talking to his sister at that time. There's a marvelous joy when we are sprinting, moving, and exerting ourselves in sports. Let me read that to you again. His name is Eric Little. It came to me. God made me fast, Jenny, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. Isn't that a great quote? While we don't exactly see Bible passages about heavenly cricket matches or football playoffs, we can see some principles that give us an idea. For example, Revelation 14 verse 13 tells us that we won't be burdened by the workaday world when we get to heaven. We will, quote, rest from our labors, unquote. While that doesn't exactly mean we'll be couch potatoes or on an eternal cruise ship experience sitting on celestial deck chairs, it does mean that our efforts will be directed in new areas. In a new world, Jesus told us everything would be made new, as he said in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 5, with no curse, Revelation chapter 22 and verse 3, there will be great and thunderous enjoyment for sure. For example, Luke 6 verse 21 assures us that we will laugh in heaven and that enjoyment will no doubt abound as Jesus tells us in Matthew 8:11 that we will feast. Second, sports builds friendships and unity. Let me step to one side and talk about heavenly friendships for a moment. I promise you I won't go too far off the subject, but I think this is an important point. I think we all love the fellowship that sports brings, but I see a biblical passage that goes above and beyond the camaraderie of teamwork. I remember the choosing sides in preparation for elementary school recess games, but nothing will compare to seeing those whom we deeply desired would choose Christ as we gave them the plan of salvation. Now, think of the following scene in heaven for a moment. Consider the joy of recognizing people that we've witnessed to, those who have made a decision for Christ. When we realize that they are a part of God's eternal family, we know for sure that we will fellowship and rejoice over them, as we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. So, it's safe to say that beyond any World Cup or Super Bowl fanfare, there will be a lot of celebration going on. For example, 
in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, masses of believers are singing to the Lord. Yes, a lot of excitement. Okay, let me get back to the original question. What about sports in heaven? Although we can't get too specific about golf courses, marathon running, or mountain climbing, we can follow some exciting principles. I'll remind you of what the Apostle Paul says. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Things which the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard and which have not entered the human heart, meaning our imagination, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Since sports were made for mankind's enjoyment here on earth, I think the bulk of Scripture lets us know this won't be taken away in heaven. We see the Lord expressing so many joyous examples of our new life with him. Take Isaiah chapter 65, for example, in his promise of the new Jerusalem. Verse 18 fairly overflows with happiness. Isaiah 65 and verse 18. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. Bearing that in mind, let's take a deep look at the definition of sport. Oxford Languages states that it is an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. And it also portrays the word sport as a verb in the definition of to amuse oneself or play in a lively, energetic way. Of course, we've been studying the intense happiness in heaven as Jesus himself uses the word joy in Matthew 25 to give a one-word description of heaven in his parable. We've also read that we shall laugh in heaven, as we said, Luke chapter 6 and verse 21. So the prospect of enjoyment and play is not a far-fetched idea. As Jesus has promised in Revelation 21 and verse 5 that all things will be made new, it could very well be that different new sports will be included. A new type of basketball, a novel way to play water sports. It's just part of the hidden promises that we could hardly imagine that our Father has waiting for us, as we read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. We can rejoice knowing that our God is doing the best things for us and our God is loving us. And in his household we'll experience the reality of Psalm 1611, that being in the presence of the Lord will indeed be fullness of joy. And that finishes our chapter 7. We've been reading chapter 6 and 7 from the book Heaven the Adventure Begins. This is book 2 of our proposed seven-book series on heaven. I'm still working on book three. Be in prayer about that. That's taken a bit of time here. But I hope you've enjoyed this, and I will continue in our next podcast to move on as we go into the next chapters here. Uh, We will go into uh, chapter eight, How Can I Be Happy in Heaven If I Don't Get What I Want? And then we might even start talking about the section two, the heaven blog, when we saw a man walk into heaven. Thank you so much for being with me. This is Brad Zockel. Questions About Heaven is our podcast. I appreciate you so much, and Lord willing, we'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.